0: You're listening to the Third Cup of Coffee podcast. Hey everybody, Randy Bolander on the Third Cup of Coffee. Glad to have you with me this morning. Hope all is well in your world. We are up. Adam, got the kids all off to school. Seven sandwiches. Three different schools. Managed. I don't think anybody was late. I don't think anybody was early, but I don't think anybody was late. So I get up this morning and i'm getting my my ducks in a row and and as i do i grab the phone and i look at the news and uh apparently there was a big gala last night somewhere not here uh i think washington dc might have been new york city doesn't matter you were not invited i was not invited it, but there was a was a gala of sorts and uh at the gala a politician who shall remain nameless cuz this is not about them uh decided to wear a gown and across the back of the gown was written in big letters. now keep in mind just for a second, this is a gala full of very wealthy people, and it's very expensive to get into okay this is not um this is not burgers and fries at your uncle larry's uh this is not even Fogo de Chow for those of you who that is the pinnacle okay no, this is a expensive uh highfalutin, we would call it, highfalutin in my background, uh, event. And uh, people are wearing very expensive clothes and there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it is what it is. I'm just describing, I'm just painting a picture, okay? I'm just painting a picture. And a politician who was invited to this thing, and maybe she got a comp ticket, I, it doesn't matter to me, it's not my point, decided to wear a gown and across the back of the gown were the words... In big letters, in blood red, it was like a white gown and blood red was written in kind of like chicken scratch, but you could read it. I mean, not like my chicken scratch, actual, you know, font of some sort were the words tax the rich. Like that was, that was her message. And, uh, you know, I haven't thought that much about the message, but I have thought about the medium and I have wondered If there are things that I could wear that might, um, I don't know, further the passion of my heart. Like, are there things that I could put on as a statement piece? Uh, Would it get this kind of attention? Would I perhaps be on Yahoo News or on CNN or something like that? And what would that, what would I wear? Like, I'm obviously not going to wear a gown, but let's say a tuxedo. What would I write on on the back of the tuxedo? what is the message? What do I stay up late at night thinking about? And I think I got it. Okay. So, um, I don't know where to order this. Maybe somebody would know where to get this. I would like a, a tuxedo, something classy, perhaps a powder blue, uh, with deep royal blue letters on the back that say the thing that I think about from morning to night. I want a tuxedo with big letters that says, shut the fridge, just shut the fridge. That's my message. That's what I want. That's what I want to be remembered for. I think it probably will be. In fact, I said it this morning, my kids were putting their lunches together. And uh, I, I have some kids who make their own lunches on autopilot and I have other children who just can't. Figure that out. And it has nothing to do with age. The little ones, in some cases, do great and the older ones don't. But anyway, so uh, kids are making their own lunches and they open the fridge, double door, open that baby wide as if they're welcoming the day. And then they just wander off to the pantry and the fridge is open. If I had this tuxedo that said, shut the fridge, I think it could change the world. I think it could. Hey, we have for you today a great message from Rachel Fa'agutu. We are in the middle of of our Voices series at the Bridge. And uh, uh Jeff Page was the first week. Rachel Faagutu, second week. Most of you know as a, her as a worship leader. Phenomenal speaker as well. And she really hit it out of the park. So super excited about this one we have for you. Next week, this coming Sunday, if you want to join us live or online, Sally Good. Uh, Sally is so much fun and uh, just carries a passion for the Lord that is infectious. And so we're super excited to hear from Sally. But today, Rachel Faugutu from the bridge. Have a great day and don't forget, please. Please. Shut the fridge. Just just go go shut the fridge.
1: Good morning everyone. How are you? Oh, Zion. Thank you for worship. Where's the worship team? Thank you. He's probably getting donuts, refilling his coffee if he's not here. You guys, that song, I'm Desperate For You, oh, it got me. Did it get you guys? It got me. That song takes me back to an era in my life, an era of revival in the church. That song was birthed out of revival, I think it was in the 90s carried over into the 2000s where the Lord touched me with his presence. And so I wanted to kind of just share today, kind of, I felt like when I was preparing, that the Lord asked me to share from the heart of a worship pastor. How's that sound? And he asked me to be vulnerable, so if I cry, lay, can you go run and grab me some Kleenexes? Because I've been weepy all week preparing this. Part part of the reason I've been weepy is because I get to share with you guys uh, about things that you cannot see with these eyes. You have to sh- you have to be able to see with the eyes of your spirit. Did you all know that you have eyes in the spirit that can behold the things of the spirit? But because we live in this realm, thank you, baby. This is my daughter, my things. Because we live in this realm, we're so used to looking with these eyes. But how many of you guys can bear witness to the fact that the older we get, the more the eyes of our heart crave seeing the things that cannot be seen with these eyes? Because the older that I get, the more I realize that my heart longs for my God. My heart pants for the courts of the living God. And so when people start to talk about Jesus, my heart comes alive. Have you guys experienced that? My heart wakes up and it's like, and it's amazing. I can, you know, I'm a, Randy is very gracious. He says, I'm a scholar. We can study and we can read like Solomon did. He read books and he built cities and he set his heart to know everything But the end of the day, he said, it's vanity. It's all vanity. And then he wrote the book Song of Solomon. And he said, of all the things in the whole world to know in the Song of Solomon, it is, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know the heavenly bridegroom. And so when Randy asked me to speak, I knew right away Psalm 84. So this morning, we're going to go to Psalm 84. We're going to ask the spirit of the living God to touch us because, uh, because it's something that the Lord loves to do. So how many of you guys were here the week when um, Randy taught on the Ark of the Covenant? Remember? And that guy, remember Randy, I love, he made this similar, he, he made this parallel between God and electricity. Remember that? And he said, when you approach 220 volt electricity, there's a certain way to approach electricity, right? And then then he was talking about the Ark of the Covenant. And he was talking about the Israelites. He had gathered King David because of his heart. He had gathered all of the Levites and he had gone to get the Ark of the Covenant. And do you remember what they did? They put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart remember that and when they put it on the cart what happened was the cart jostled a little bit and the Ark of the Covenant kind of was looked probably like it was about to fall and the Bible says that Uzzah reached out his hand to steady God (laughs) the, the Ark right and and actually when I was studying this it says that Uzzah he didn't just get like just like oh faint you know like fall over like, it's a violent explosion. He almost, he exploded in thin air. That's, that's kind of what the language looks like. And everybody backs up. And David, it says, David was, he was angry. He, he was startled. Everybody was, whoa, and for three months, David had to go back and wait before the Lord and see, what did I do wrong? And One thing that the Lord, when Randy was preaching on that, my heart jumped. It's the ark of God. I know. I know who's supposed to. I know how you're supposed to transport the ark. I know how. Why? Because I've been, my whole life, I've served in worship ministry. One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is that passage. And the way that David takes his throne, but he won't do it without the presence of God. David won't rule in government without the presence of God. David won't take his prophesied place without God there with him. And so what he does is he, he he sits before the Lord and he finds out. and And so I wanna kinda talk about the God that we serve does not want to be carted into our midst on human machines. It's too far for him. When God told the Israelites, I want you to move my presence, he put a people, he set a people unto himself called the sons of Korah, the Kohathites. And he said, these people I have set aside to myself and they belong to me, they'll have nothing else. He says, don't give them land, I will be their inheritance. They will be my people and I will be theirs and they will be responsible for touching me, for carrying me, from taking me from place to place. Now that's, that's a That is the Levites. Second thing God said is when you move me, I want you to touch me. I don't want mechanisms. I don't want, are you guys following me? I don't want machines. I don't want, dare I say, agendas. I don't want things that you've set up for a predetermined outcome. He says, because when I'm with you, I want skin time with you. I want to touch you. The God of the heavens and the earth, he longs for a connect with your heart. He longs for it. And did you know that he will push and you will push into your life? so that he can have that. He doesn't want a casual relationship. He doesn't want mechanical religion. He doesn't want pat answers. He wants to know you. He wants to know you. He wants, he wants to feel the pains of your heart. He wants you to feel the pain of his heart you guys with me i know it's heavy but it's where the lord is it's where he wants us right now because he's calling us away to himself right now he's calling the whole body of christ come to me come to me come to me come to me and i don't want you to try to carry me on your ideas the ideas of your mind i want to touch your heart is with me so I I pulled out this psalm, and the Lord's like, go for this one. I'm like, oh, God, it's so emotional. Did you guys know that Psalm 84 is one of the most emotional psalms in the whole book? Psalm 23 is known as, like, the the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, everybody knows Psalm 23, right? But Psalm 84 has a reputation for being the most emotional, most riveting psalm in the whole bible and it has so much to tell us about who god is and what god likes okay so as a worship pastor um i i've spent about 25 years and my perspective of worship is from way back here right (laughs) so i get to stare at you while you stare at the lord right and then obviously you guys are staring this way you know and this morning i i got the awesome privilege of sitting underneath that worship. and, and But, you know, sometimes as a worship pastor, um, uh, roles can get confused. Are you guys with me? Roles get confused. Maybe some people think I'm a song leader. So I'm supposed to lead you through 25 minutes of song. And so if I let that be my job description, it's extremely boring. One of the most boring jobs ever. Song leader? Okay, so if I just see myself as someone up here leading a song, okay, great. Well, it, well, I don't only just see myself as that, I see myself, that the, I, I know that the Lord has set me apart as a pastor and the Lord has, has in a way given, given me to the body of Christ to help lead us toward the Lord. What that includes for me is decreasing the distractions. (laughs) That's most of what I do. As a worship pastor, most of what I do is getting out of the way, getting out of the way so that you can experience the presence of God. Did you know that's how I see my job? When I come to church on Sunday, when I'm praying over you during the week, I am praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you would see God during worship and that you can commune with him. That's what my job is. That's what I see my job as coming every Sunday morning. So can you guys see that the the, the, the vision of of worship can be so much higher than maybe what you have known in the past, right. So then we get into church and I just be very very honest we get into church and sometimes Lyle can I get an amen sometimes sound can be distracting right
0: hey, everybody amen
1: sometimes sound can so not even kidding it's like about an hour before the service starts we're headed into the eye of the storm and it's like pfft, you know, and for all of us, we know our families sometimes our family has the worst fights on the way to church. You know what I mean? On the way to worship with the family of God, we come. And so we get here, and sometimes sound check can be like, whoa, like what's going on? And then I'm cranky. But getting closer and closer and closer to the time when we worship together, I've had to learn to grow in the discipline of taking authority over distractions. Why? Because our job is to push past the sound, and that's why we have anointed men like Lyle. Woo! Let's have a round of applause for Lyle. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but it really does take an anointing to run sound for worship. And he has that anointing on his life. He really does. There's times where the sound should technically be working perfectly, but it's not because worship is more than just natural. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. And so he comes in as an intercessor and a sound man, and he's moving the sound around. You guys following me? We get ready to go in to worship. And I start, and I have my song list, and I give my song list to the slides and they do the slides. I'm sorry, I forgot your name, man. What's your name? Please tell me your name. <laughs> I was gonna say a different name. Craig, Greg. thank you. He takes the slides and he puts them up. You guys, there's so much that goes in, right? And we get in here and sometimes during the first song of worship, I'm like, okay. I'm tuned into you, Lord. Yes, I am. The sound's going to be okay. Yes, I am. I've got the song list. Does he, I'm thinking, does he have the right slides? I think he has the right slides. And then sometimes what happens is I get up here and I open my eyes and I look at the room. And if I'm not careful, I can judge the room according to my eyes. You guys with me? So I'm thinking, oh no, they're not entering in. It's my job to make you enter in. You guys with me? Oh, no, they're bored. Should I pick a different song? Oh, no, this is all the the gymnastics that goes on in my head. And I'm thinking, did I pick the song key too low? Should I pick it higher? Should I modulate now? And then then starts the storm in my own brain, right? And, And then what I hear during all of that is I hear the Holy Spirit whisper to me, just close your eyes. And worship the Lord just focus on the Lord and so I get and you guys all know this as we grow in maturity with the Lord we learn how to pick up on that faster right and uh, and so I get to close my eyes And I get to refocus and retarget on the Lord. And then what begins to happen is as I focus in on the Lord and what he's doing and whatever else he wants to show me during our worship times, there's this beautiful unity that comes in the room. I know you guys have felt it. There's this beautiful unity where we all click in and we with one heart start moving towards the Lord. Then what begins to happen is this beautiful dance of us moving toward the Lord, the Lord moving towards us, us moving toward the Lord. And before you know it, we could go and go and go. And how many of you guys have been in worship services like that where you didn't want it to stop? Anybody? I've been in worship services. And that's what I crave for Sunday mornings here. That's what I want for this church. When I come to church, I'm not coming to just lead 25 minutes worth of songs. When I come to church, I'm not coming to perform. I'm not coming because my voice is amazing. I'm not coming because I'm super cool. I'm not coming because I have the coolest. I'm coming because I long to touch God with a community of people. That's the vision. That's the vision. So when you guys come in, I want you guys on Sunday mornings, let's all go together. How's that sound? let's just go for it if you want to dance up here come on and dance if you want to lay out on the floor go ahead and lay out on the floor if you need to cry go ahead and cry whatever needs to happen i want that to happen because i believe that god wants to bring us into something we haven't touched yet okay now you guys ready that was my intro let's go (laughs) psalm chapter psalm 84 that's the vision okay so i'm not going to let you distract me you don't let me distract you. Let's just go together. Where are we going, Rachel? Okay, well, let's talk about it. Psalm, um, Psalm 84 How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. We'll just stop right there. Where are we going? Where are we going, Rachel? I'll tell you where we're going. We're going to the dwelling place of God. When we come in here for worship, there is a panting that you were feeling. I had to change topics a little bit because I could have fallen into tears. Because there's an aching in every believer's heart. There is a desperation in our soul for the presence of God that nothing on this earth can fix. Did you know that? How many of you guys have ever felt that kind of desperation? I've known what it is to thirst for water. I've known what it is to hunger for food, to miss a family member. But this kind of desperation that this psalmist is talking about is a desperation. It's so deep in you, it's in your bones. Did you know that? There's a desperation so deep in you that it's in your bones. And the reason why it's in you is because it's in God God has a desperation to see you again in his dwelling place. And he's placed that inside of you so to to sustain you as you make your journey on this earth. I want you guys to know this last week I don't know what I don't know if it's the times and seasons that we're le- living in but this week there's been two or three nights just like this and I just sit and cry and I cry and I cry. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this. Lord, I just want to be with you closer than I am now. I want to know you more. I'm desperate for you. I feel lost without you. No matter what I try to do to fill this void, I can't. I can't fix myself, God. I'm doing everything right, and I still long for you. I still long for you. And that's what this psalmist is saying. Lord more than the air i breathe i need you more than the food the water the, the beautiful things that this earth has to give me i long for you is there that's what the lord wants to do in us this morning he wants to touch you but i'm telling you i'm warning you it's a love sickness it's a pain it's a pain that draws us into love and it's the sweetest gift God could ever give you, a, a desire for his presence. Okay. So, you know, what, what I was telling Randy and uh, Kelsey this week, they were like, what are you going to preach on? And I was like, well, things that you can't really see. And that's very intimidating because I am ex- I'm explaining a love for someone that I'm hoping that you have that same love for too, but none of us probably have seen Jesus with these eyes. I haven't. I have not seen Jesus with these eyes. I might not ever, but I still love him. How does that happen? <laughs> My heart knows and I love him dearly. And it that love for him has a sustaining power in my life that affects every decision I make in my whole entire life. I don't know. I'm such a mess. I don't do any. I've learned that this, what I'm experiencing in a desperation for the Lord, this is life. I don't ever want to lose this. I only want to have it met by one person and that's Jesus. I want to know Jesus. Okay. So let's flip to well you say well what does this dwelling place look like is it is it this is it a big gigantic cloud somewhere well I'm glad you asked (laughs) so let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 hallelujah and when you get there just look at me and be like I'm there Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. This is not a fake place. This is not a cloud somewhere. This is not a nebulous thing. It's, it's so concrete. It's more real than anything. we. It's more real than this table. What we're going to begin to read about. And it's the vision that the Lord wants to cast for you. What do you look for in worship? What do you look at in worship? And this is what the Lord is wants to show you in verse 22 and he's speaking to you everyone who has come to jesus in faith if you have trusted in the finished work of the cross this is for you ready but you have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect let's just stop there first of all I'm talking about his dwelling place his dwelling place is a mountain did you know that it's called the Mount Zion it's this place it is a city at the same time that it's a mountain it is also a city the Bible says, if you read in other places, that's high, high, high above us. It's a real city that is high above us. It's a mountain. It's a city of the living God. It's also called the heavenly Jerusalem. Isn't that kind of crazy that there's an earthly one? and there's a heavenly one. The Bible says a lot about the earthly Jerusalem and the heavenly one. So when you see me closing my eyes up here, what am I doing? I'm not tuning you out. What I'm doing is I'm gazing with the eyes of my spirit, and I'm looking at this city. You guys with me? I'm looking at this city, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, please reveal it to me, all right? So Okay, now I want to go to Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. How many of you guys were here like a couple weeks ago? Now, I've done uh, I've done that song, Holy, holy, yeah, Lord God Almighty. You guys remember that one? A couple weeks ago we did it. And I've sang it in times when uh, I just sang the song and I saw nothing. <laughs> Have you guys ever had that? those kind of worship times. You just sing, you see absolutely nothing, and it's like, well, God, I love you, and you're holy, you know? <laughs> Have you guys ever had that? Most of my life, that's how worship is. I love you, you're holy, I see nothing, felt great. Let's move on to the message. But a couple weeks ago, and this has happened many times, and I, I'm, I'm sharing these stories to, um, to kind of awaken Maybe the Lord is speaking to you, and maybe you are seeing things that you've never seen before. So we started singing, there is no one like you, you are holy. And I felt the might of God come over me. And even though my voice was tired and I felt very weak, I started to sing the song with a force that I knew, oh, my goodness, this is the anointing of the Lord moving through me. And as I began to sing, I started to see this scene in Revelation chapter 4, verse 2. And I'm looking at you guys, and we're all in agreement, and we're singing, there is no one like you. And then I close my eyes, and as I have my eyes closed, I can see myself on the sea of glass with all of this activity moving around before the throne of God. The sea of glass is a, uh, It's. it says it's, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and it's right in front of the throne of God. And so I see myself there, and I see us all singing holy with the creatures up there in heaven, and I see the Lord's throne encircled by a rainbow, and I'm just belting it with with. <laughs> there is no one lying. You, you, And my face is probably bright red, and I'm probably stomping like a horse. Like, cause I'm like, oh my God. Now I can't stop the service and say, oh my God, I'm seeing the rainbow. And you know, because some people, the rainbow of fruit flavors. No. I'm I'm seeing the glory of God. I'm seeing the glory of God, and my spirit is responding in song. You guys with me? And I'm thinking, I hope you're seeing what I'm seeing, but if you, if you don't see what I see, it's okay. I'm gonna run toward that. I'm in, Now, I'm not gonna run like this, right? But in my spirit, I'm running, I'm reaching. Yes, God, I see you, and I agree that you are holy. Let's look at what it looks, look at what it's like. After this, I looked, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, verse four. And there before me, standing open in heaven, And the voice I had heard for speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Verse 2, at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And you know when I read that, my spirit goes, ooh, 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 ooh. (laughs) I know who that someone is. Maybe John didn't know, but I know because my spirit knows. My spirit knows. Does your spirit know who's sitting on that throne? Who's sitting to the right hand of that person on the throne? (laughs) It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Everything inside of me is like, you're there. I see you and you're holy. Okay, verse three. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. All of these colors moving around. A rainbow. There it is. It's in the Bible. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning. This is the commotion I was talking about. Flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder, in front of the throne seven lamps were blazing these are the seven spirits of god also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal so you're telling me that when we gather together in corporate worship that we can see the dwelling place of god and i'm telling you yes all day yes all day yes <laughs> And this is one of the reasons I come to church because I know that the Lord loves to reveal Himself in the midst of the congregation. He loves this, He loves when we're together. Now, for me, as a worshiper worship whatever you want to whatever you want to call me worship pastor, I can go home and I have my quiet times where I sing in the spirit and I talk to God at home alone with my guitar it's pretty good, it's sweet, me and Jesus, we talk all day long. we do, but nothing compares to what I experience with you. there is something corporate about the presence of god we were made to experience the lord together did you know that this is why when you come to church if you're ready to run for the holy of holies i'm all game for that yes all day long monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and you can ask kelsey i'm getting to the point where i'm looking for people to pray with will you pray with me can we pray at 8 30 on thursday morning Can we start prayer with singing holy, 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 holy? Because maybe if we sing holy, we'll see the holiness of God. Because I know if I see the holiness of God, my heart will fall in love even more, and I'll have his perspective. And that changes everything. I'm looking at my Tuesday mornings like 8.30 Tuesday morning. Anybody want to pray? Because, yes, I can pray alone, but I'm looking for brothers and sisters. You want to go and see? Do you want to see the dwelling place of the living God? Do you want to experience the dwelling place of the living God? And now what I'm going to say next is why do we want to experience this? Do I want to see a bunch of lightning? Do you guys like lightning storms? I think they're cool. I think lightning storms are really cool, you know? But let's look at why, why we push into places like, why why we're pushing into the dwelling place. Verse 2 of the Psalm chapter, you guys with me? Okay. Um, My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the who? The Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for who? The living God. So we don't come into the dwelling place of God to stare at his little throne, the jewels on his chair. Oh, gosh, nice chair, God. We come into his presence to be with him. That's why we want to be in the dwelling place of God, because it's the place where God is. And that's the place that your soul yearns for. There's a panting. In your soul that is so deep, it's, in the, it's, it's actually in the heart of every human being. It is so deep. It was placed there to bring you back to God. Did you know that? It's a gift to bring every human being, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. Okay, so you guys know that song, um, uh, Father of Lights. We've been singing it. And I love it when a song, you know, as a worship pastor, when you can have a song that the whole congregation just jumps on and like for like a good six months, you could whip that song out. And every time, no matter how tired the room is, they're going to sing that one song. Remember like how great is our God 10 years ago? Remember that how great is our God? Sing with me how great, and all the hands go up, and all the voices get really loud because everybody's like, "This is my song right now." Right? Have you guys ever been with song? Yeah. Okay. So, so what I noticed about this church about two months ago, we started singing that song, "Father of Lights," and I worship the Father of Lights who blesses his sons who blesses his daughters, what, that fight the good fight. I see a man at your right hand who prays for me daily that my faith would not fail me. This is joy. Oh, Oh, you guys remember that one? Okay, so we come in, and I know as a worship pastor too, as any pastor who's a pastor, which I think there's a lot of pastors in this room. The more I talk to people here, I'm like, wait a second, you're in ministry, and you were in the ministry, and you're in the ministry. Anyways, you know what it's like to walk into a room and feel how tired a flock is from fighting. Have you guys ever felt that? Sometimes I feel that in worship, in the first two songs. I'm like, Wow. Whoa, (laughs) we're tired. God, your saints have gotten beat up. You know what the Lord does? Have them gaze on me. Point them towards my face if they can just see me this morning i will refresh them and renew their strength i will renew their strength so we bring that song this is joy oh oh oh, oh, lord you are my joy right so now the first couple times we sang it it was like I count it all joy when I fall into trials. Who likes singing about trials? The testing of faith produces patience. You know, we don't want to sing about the fire. Count it all joy because you're working in my heart. I guess so. You know, this is. You fill my heart with all I need, except I'm really tired because I've been contending in faith all week. God, I need you to show up really big, you know? And I need to be refreshed and renewed. And so what happened is, I remember the first time we sang that song in this church. Um, And I worship the Father of lights. The first thing, what does it does? It lifts our gaze up to our Father. It's our Father. There's the community again. You see that? When we all lift our gaze together, there's an agreement. There's that spirit of adoption that together cries back to the Lord, Abba, Father, you are mine. Okay. How many of you guys have ever sang to Abba, Father, but you feel absolutely nothing because he's this gigantic guy in the sky with a white beard sitting on a throne? Okay, yeah, okay. No. Worship the Father of light who blesses now we have an active father blessing his sons and his daughters who is that that's you you knew when you came in this door that you needed a blessing and it needed to come directly from the father of lights you see how the lord does this in worship he's drawing you into his tabernacle blesses his sons blesses his daughter i see a man At his right hand and this one always gets me guys when I'm singing this and sometimes you'll hear my voice crack because it takes my breath away because I see and I know I'm looking at you guys but I see (laughs) the Father and Jesus talking about me have you ever seen that the more I see sing that song the more I'm like wait a second The Godhead, the Father and the Son, are talking about me. And Jesus says to the Father, can you just bless Rachel? (laughs) I really like Rachel. Have you guys ever overheard someone else talking good about you to somebody else? Good gossip. Have you ever heard good gossip? Sometimes my kids hear it. They're like... We all want to hear more good things about us from somebody else's mouth. Did you know Jesus is talking to the Father about you, how much he loves you? And he's asking his Father to bless you over, and he's contending. We think we're contending down here on the earth. Jesus is contending even more to send help from heaven. That's the family that you're a part of. That, the psalmist in chapter 84 says, my heart yearns for that place, for that person. You guys with me? You see, this is such a higher, I just feel like it's such a higher vision. We could all drink and drink and drink in the presence of God every single week during worship if we got past the distractions of sound the distractions of maybe style the distractions of me like personalities and you know what i came to church today to gaze on the father of light to see what the son is doing and to look at this dwelling place okay you guys ready okay i'm gonna make one more statement then we're we're done i want to move to the next stanza. And um, in the next stanza, you know, the Lord says in, in, in cycle, two, cycle two, for me it's a cycle, verses five through seven. Um, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, that also means weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Now, before I talk about this, I wanna remind you guys of Abraham. Do you guys remember Abraham is our, fa- we call him our father of faith. And this is why, if you guys wanna write this down, I'll re- read it out to you. It's Hebrews chapter 11, verses eight and 10 this is really important because you guys got to understand what time what what we're living in and what is healthy expectations for our journey in this earth there's a reason why our vision has to be higher and so grandiose because the lord understands that each and every one of us has to walk through a valley of weeping and come out on the other side until where do we appear through the valley until each appears before God in where Zion. We I just read it in Zion. So I'm gonna ask you guys. <laughs> am I is it easy to follow me here? Okay, in the first stanza of the poem, where is his dwelling place? We we saw is the holy mount Zion. I love this place, and then you have this is very typical of the Psalms, we're moving through a valley of weeping and there's a transformation happening here until we each appear before God where in Zion we make a full (laughs) I love this place I've never seen I'm moving towards this place I will see and I have been seeing my whole life does that make sense that's exactly it you can gaze on this place you can commune with this god every single day of your life every single day lord show me zion when randy asked us today during worship he said did you know like the baseball game or sports game where the kids were excited because they could have as much as they want remember they could eat 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 when he asked me when he said ask the lord whatever you want i said god i want to go to zion I want to see zion i want to walk with you in glory that's my request i want to go there i want to see it i want to commune with you every even more and more and more okay i'm going to wrap this up abraham in hebrews chapter 11 it says by faith this is a huge part of our journey in god by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place That he was to receive as an inheritance Inheritance. and he went out not knowing where he was going how many of you guys feel like that sometimes in life i'm following you god i have no clue where i'm going but my spirit says yes (laughs) i'll do whatever you want because my heart craves you and there's a yes but i kind of maybe don't know what i'm doing But it's okay because I love you. Okay, this was Abraham. He's our father. All right. All right. So, verse 9. By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. This is the one I I want to stick with you guys. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. This is one I want to leave for you. The Lord's will for your life, I'm, I'm going back to verses 5 through 7, the Lord's will for your life is that you would go from strength to strength to strength in him. Blessed is the man Who trusts in the Lord, who trusts not in horses and chariots, who trusts not in his own strength, who trusts not in the things of this world, but moves through this world as a foreigner on pilgrimage toward Zion. Because my heart is wrapped up in Zion. You guys with me? I know this is like my heart is wrapped up there. For people whose heart is set up, I, I was read as I was studying for this, Abraham, did you guys know that Abraham didn't travel alone? When you go on pilgrimage, we don't travel alone. Did you know that in Christianity? Why? Because you're going into a foreign land and it's harsh territory. So what does he do? The Lord blessed him in his pilgrimage, not owning land, not claiming a place. The Lord blessed him and gave him more cattle and more workers and more, did you see, as he was going, they literally changed the landscape of the terrain because of the blessing that God places on people who trust in him and whose heart are set on Zion. The Bible says that Abraham's heart was set on the same city that my heart is set on and the same city that your heart is set on. And it's a city that's in the heavenlies that we will all one day see. I know this is like way out there, but I'm telling you, if we can grasp this, we will be unshakable. Because then what happens down here, it's going to get all shaken. It's, everything down here will get shaken. Did you, did you guys know that during Abraham's life, there were magnificent cities being built? Did you know that? They were built, I think it was during the time of the Tower of Babel, where they're building up the towers to reach God in the heavens. And Abraham chose, you know what? Those are the cities built by human hands. I'm going to go follow the Lord to this wilderness, and I'm going to be a foreigner. And I'm, what are you looking for, Abraham? I'm looking for a city not built by human hands. It has to be built by God. Do you guys remember the scripture I read to you? Revelation chapter 21? It's a city built by God. He was looking for the same Zion that we're looking for. Why am I saying all of this? We don't do pilgrimage alone. We do pilgrimage in God toward Zion with companies of people who are committed to God and have a similar vision. And the vision is that city. The vision is that heavenly Jerusalem. The vision is a dwelling place of God. The vision is the loveliness of Christ. That's the vision. And for all of time, (laughs) all of time, the Lord has always had companies of people moving through whatever valley of weeping you are going through. There is a promise on the other side, and there's a real city, and there's a real God who knows what you're feeling and who cares about you. He's with me. I'm gonna have the worship team come, come back up here if possible. Yes. And I understand some people are like, oh my gosh, you talked about a city in the sky for a whole hour. Ah uh, yes, you know why? Because when we all die, we're going there. That's your home. When you die, you take your last breath here. You're gonna take your first breath in the presence of the Lord. If this is your home you would be like oh my gosh Zion I made it <laughs> I made it to Zion that is the chief goal the chief prize the chief reward there are no tears there did you know that the Lord wipes away all of our tears there is no sin there there will be no corruption there there will be no corruption in Zion it's the promise of the saints. It's, the, it's our goal. And so I just, I want to appeal to you as a church. When we come together on Sunday mornings, will you, can we all just go? Can we all just go? Like, I'm just going to like pick songs. Let's do that. I'm I am desperate for you. It doesn't matter. For me, you know, when you're so hungry and your bones are literally aching for the presence of God, it actually doesn't matter who's playing the music. It actually, it just, the fact that I have believers that I can sing with is such a blessing. And if we make a decision as one body to just go every single week, I'm gonna go after God with everything that I have. Lord, I'm asking right now in Jesus' name, that you would pour out your spirit upon this church, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, right now, that you would pour out a spiritual hunger so deep that the things of this lower world would grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. Lord, we're asking that you would make us a people whose eyes are set on Zion, whose hearts are fixed on Christ, who are following him as the forerunner who has already overcome this valley. Lord, we thank you that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. They're cheering us on to go from strength to strength to strength, from glory to glory until each one of us appears before God in Zion. And Lord, we're saying that we do believe that there is more to worship than just what our natural ears and eyes can see and feel. Lord, we're asking for a spirit of revival to be released on this church in Jesus' name. That you would breathe your breath of life into each and every one of us. That you would draw us into a revival, Lord God, of your presence, a longing. Lord, I'm asking, even this week, as all of us are fighting, we're literally waging warfare in this realm. Lord, that you would give us like CPR this week. And that the sign of that CPR would be this fainting for the courts of the living God. And that, Lord, we would, we would almost, I can just see us this week, we'd almost like collapse in our rooms on our knees, weeping before the Lord. I love you more than everything. I love you more than this life. I love you more than money. I love you more than jobs. I love you more than victory. I love you. I love you. I love you, God, and I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Father, I'm asking for a spiritual hunger that burns so deep, Lord, and a vision that is so high that it will carry us through every valley, every valley, Lord. Let's just stand and just sing this song together before we dismiss.